No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. Islanders have their only visit from the Vegas Golden Knights coming up this week to Nassau Coliseum. That's a pretty big one when Vegas comes to town, so you may want to check out the GameTime app to see what's up with that one on Thursday. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Howdy, everyone. It's Arthur Staple, your Islanders beat writer from The Athletic. Welcome back to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Athletic's Islanders podcast. We come to you every week. Right here, same time, same station, and same co-host, the immortal Mark Parrish. What's doing, my friend? And Mr. Staple, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. The Islanders are in Montreal tonight. I am in uh, my home office in Connecticut. Mark is in his home office in Minnesota. So uh, we got the whole whole continent covered pretty much, (laughs) but uh, we're bringing you the Islanders good still anyway. Um, So we'll jump right into uh, kind of a, a down and up week since we last spoke when I was sitting in the hotel in, in LA. They uh, they finished off a very uh, unpleasant California swing with uh, probably their worst game in a month and a half in LA where they just, you know, they, they played okay. I mean, generated some stuff, got an early lead, but didn't didn't really keep up. The, they made a, a Kings team that's not very good look like those Kings teams of old where they just sort of wear <laughs> you down physically and, and beat you into submission and then score a couple of timely goals and Semyon Varlamov wasn't very good, but it was just, uh, you know, this is a team that that knows how to reset really well um, going into the game Saturday back at uh, Barclay Center against Columbus. Um, you know, they even with a goalie change in the middle of in the middle of the first period where Thomas Grice pulled himself uh, feeling a little dizzy. Varlamov came in. He was good. They got goals from and a goal from Anders Lee. First one in 12 games. And then they go to Detroit to begin this little two game swing and beat a very, very bad, struggling Red Wings team. Um, Lee scores again, two for the first two of the season for Jordan Eberle, and suddenly is all, all is right with the world again with the <laughs> Islanders, who in Barry Trotz's tenure have not lost three in a row in regulation in the regular season, which is incredible. Uh, a real testament, I think. You know, you, Mark, you when you're when you're on a team, I mean, you know, in Detroit was a team that, it's it's the next team on the schedule, and you got to get the two points regardless. But when you see a team, you know I've covered some Islander teams. You played on some Islander teams where you already feel like you're down a couple goals the minute you step on the ice, and every no matter what you do, you could pump 15 shots on net and hit the post and crossbar 15 times. You know in your heart when the puck comes down the other end, and one chance it's going in. So, um, what you know, what what do you have to? You, you just have to take care of business against teams like that, and obviously. Montreal tonight, who's coming in having lost eight in a row. When when you're facing a team like that, you've been on both sides of it. Yep. What do you have to do to just sort of you know kind of choke the life out of them? I guess for for lack of a better term, focus on the details. Focus on the little things. Make sure you get it out of your end quick. Get it through the neutral zone quick. Get down below carry price and get to work. Just focus on the details. And I and and like you said, like I've been on those teams. It was the Washington Capitals when I was playing out there in New York. The Washington Capitals were terrifying for us. It was we knew going into the game, like, all right, we gotta be, put our best foot forward. We gotta be amazing. And then we'd take three penalties in the first ten minutes and be down <laughs> two nothing. 
it was crazy how that would work. And it just gets into your psyche and, and, and your mentality. And what you have to do is focus on your game, focus on those little details, first shift, then the next shift, and don't worry about the score ever. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, uh, the Columbus game, they did just that. It was a very, you know, Barry Trotz talks about the Islander way or Islander hockey. Lee scores on their the first shift of that that line that had been kind of put together with Josh Bailey replacing Jordan Eberle. Nice little passing play off a turnover in the neutral zone. And so they're up one nothing, and, and they seamlessly get through Grice pulling himself out of the game. Varlamov stepping in. Columbus pumps a lot of pucks on net. They get a lot of traffic. And they just seemed, they just seemed like their old selves. Very calm kind of unlike how they'd been in California and you expect a dip after the 17 game point streak. <laughs> you can't you can't keep that up forever, but to have them get get quick enough back to their game against Columbus and and frankly in Detroit what you know Detroit had I think six power plays in the first two periods. It's a bad team, but you give it back any team that kind of opening and it can really come back to bite you. You know, they got Detroit got it to 2-1. Islanders got a five on three. They converted just at the end of it with Everly's first, and then they, you know, they put the game away essentially with a goal in the third period. But, but that third period was was boring. Parts of the Columbus game boring, <laughs> and that's that's Islander hockey. And like you it, said, that's that's detail work. That's that's the stuff that doesn't make the fans very excited. But uh, but by now they should be conditioned to be excited to see them, you know, win a shift and dump the puck and get off the ice without anything happening. That's the mentality of a road win. It's not your job to put on a show. You put that on the home team. You force them, put pressure on them. And it's not surprising that, hey, that 17-game run was incredible, Uh, absolutely incredible. It's not surprising that, I don't know, all the way out west in L.A., they finally kind of took a breath. Uh, And that's natural. It happens. Then you want to see the response. They come back, Columbus. Come back, Detroit. The way they responded, that's what you're looking for. There's going to be dips. There's going to be nights where – they just don't have it, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever it is. How do they respond to that? And that's what great teams do is they come right back and they respond. And then to see Lee get back on the board, to see Everly get on the board finally. Those are things that are just going to keep building for this team and give them confidence moving forward. Yeah, that we were going to, you know, that we talked a little bit before we got on the air with those two guys. You know, you're, you're a goal scorer. Those guys are goal scorers for the most part in their careers. It's a streaky thing, but. But when you start the season on a cold streak, especially after having such good years last year, uh, having signed big contracts, both of them in the offseason, there's there's always things that can that can play around in your head. I imagine as a player, when you're when you're sitting with that new deal, everyone kind of you know <laughs> thinks there's some there's some fat and happy creeping into your your life, <laughs> and and that can creep into your game. I mean, um, you know what. When you when you get off a little bit cold to start the season and you're and you're relied on the way those two guys are, how much how much does it start to build game to game? Uh, it doesn't take long. Uh, no. Goal scorers take pride in scoring goals. Uh, Anders, Eberle, these guys take pride in scoring goals, and that's their job too. That's the other way you got to look at it. So, uh, yes, you, you've got to make sure that you focus on the rest of your game. Uh, you can't be a liability no matter what, unless you're Pavel Bure. Uh, scoring 60 goals a year, uh, you've got to take care of your own. And, and actually, nowadays, in nowadays game, that doesn't even matter. If you're going to be on a winning team, if you want to be on a team that wins the Stanley Cup, you've got to take care of your end as well. So those are the things you focus on if you're not scoring goals. The only time you really should worry is if you're not getting chances. If you're not getting chances, then you wonder why. 
if you're getting chances yeah. and they're not going in and you're still taking care of your end, you're still taking care uh, of the details that make up the 90% of the other game, you just, and, and it's hard to do. That's, that's the hard part is to stay focused on that, to not get ahead of yourself, to not cheat, to not try and force more offensive and then lose more on the defensive. You've just got to try and stay focused in that game, trust the game, trust the process, and hopefully it'll work out at the end, or it will work out at the end. But that's the hardest part is trusting that process. Yeah, you know, I, I think with Lee, um, you know, he, he is what he is. He's he's a 29-year-old power forward. He's never going to be the fastest skater, but he's a responsible guy, and he's clearly a very important leader on this team. So, And he's also... Uh, you know, a main power play guy. Still no power play goals this year for him, although, you know, he did get an assist when uh, on Everly's power play goal when the sh- point shot from Nick Letty hit him in the chest and kind of dropped down nice uh-huh. and neatly to Everly. You'll take whatever you can get. <laughs> it's my um, kind of assist right there. Exactly. Um, so I don't think we saw a lot of dip in Lee's overall game. I think with Everly you did, and I think Everly mm-hmm. kind of has that, you don't want to say reputation, but he's a decade in the league now, and sometimes when he's not producing the the goals and assists, I think he can he can have that drift that that Barry Trotz talked about, and it, and I think you know it, it's evident in the fact that he got pulled off that top line. He was kind of floating around him, and he started the the game last night in Detroit on the on the wing with Leo Komarov and Otto Koivula, which is essentially the fourth line right now. Yeah. Um. So that's you know that can be a bit of a blow to a guy who you know in the summertime and certainly in the spring in the playoffs was their most valuable guy and, and basically propelled them along with Matthew Barzell in that penguin series. Um, and he earns himself a nice five year deal. And now here he is with sitting on no goals going into his 15th game. And he's essentially playing on the fourth line that, you know, you can, you can go one of two ways obviously with that. And, and, uh, it was, it was good to see him even against a, a team that's, that can't get out of its own way, like Detroit to good to see him to, jam in a couple they were ugly goals too there was nothing pretty about them like i said the yeah. first one hit hits anders in the chest and drops right down second one sezikis is crashing crashing the crease there's bodies flying everywhere and he just plucks it out and tucks <laughs> it under um you know when you get a couple of those ugly ones i imagine that that can break the fever a little bit too oh 100 percent. and that's exactly what i was talking about when you when you start to risk when you start forcing offense or looking for offense that's what happens is you you sacrifice the rest of the game and you actually look you you, you think you're you're doing more you're trying to force it but actually you're doing less for the team and then to get those ugly goals that's exactly it. those those are those are those are slump busters it's funny you never have a highlight film goal as a slump buster it's uh the goalie falls over drops the puck and you tap it in or something like that and it just gives you that relief like okay finally i'm on the board here it goes and all of us goal scorers have been through that and now hopefully we'll see this take off in the rest of his game and that confidence will go because in all pro sports confidence is everything before we get back into uh, the islanders let's talk a little about DraftKings. weekends are made for football And with so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey action going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. With so much going on this week, they have great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, DraftKings has it all. DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use. You can deposit, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook will give new users a free bet just for signing up. Download the DraftKings app now and use code QUICK. 
For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet on sign-up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. That's code QUICK to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So now tonight, um, coming off Detroit had come in, I think they'd lost seven in a row in regulation uh, coming into last night. Montreal's lost eight in a row overall. I think they're winless in eight, but um, but they're a struggling team. And, um, uh, you know, obviously the Islanders need to continue to do what they do, with what they've done these last couple, which is take points from teams that uh, that are well below them in the standings. And, you know, you you sometimes scan the, the calendar, as I do anyway, as a writer, you say, well, we're, you know, who's a team that they can beat? Who's a team they're supposed to beat? Who's a team that's gonna, they're going to struggle with? And, you know, when you're 18-5-2, and two, you should pretty much go into every game thinking <laughs> these two points of our, are ours. And it's it's definitely a different place for them to be. And I don't, I still don't think that they're, they're there in terms of in the minds of everybody in the league that this is a team that we're always going to, that's going to be a huge struggle and they're probably going to, get a point or two off us and we have to figure out how to get that at second point. But Montreal tonight, that's, you know, this is a, even in Montreal, which is, can be a house of horrors for, for the Islanders and for a lot of other teams. That's, um, it's an important two points and then come back home for a quick one game stay at the Coliseum where Vegas comes in and, and they're starting to get on a roll to be the team that everybody thought they were going to be. And then a three game trip starting in Dallas, another team that, uh, has, you know, started off incredibly poorly and has really maybe been, now that the Islanders' streak is over, maybe the hottest team in the league, certainly the hottest team in the Western Conference where they've risen up to the to the top three in the Central Division. Yep. And then Tampa and Florida with a couple days off. You know, I always wonder about that <laughs> that, that Florida double bill where you would you prefer the back-to-back so there's no time to sun yourself on the beach, especially <laughs> in December, or do you want the couple days off like they've got? Well, I, I mean, as a player, of course, I want the couple of days off. But uh, looking at it as a the hockey player mindset, yeah, you look at the 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 deep breath, the the way they relaxed out in L.A. Then you're obviously very nervous about Southern Florida <laughs> going into there too, because it's easy to happen. It's easy to do. Um, you know, the one thing I, I that that I love uh, about the Islanders is what, where they're at. Uh, the way that they've proven they're one of the top teams in the league right now is you can go into a town like Montreal, and yeah, they're struggling. Um, but you can take advantage of that. You can turn the crowd. Uh, it's just like Toronto, uh, even Madison Square Garden, same way is if you can jump on them instead of as a normal road game where you're weathering the storm or, hey, you know, like, let's just be smart. First five minutes, 10 minutes, weather the storm, and then we'll take our game to them. As opposed to that right now with the way the Islanders are playing, it doesn't matter that they're in Montreal or excuse me, that they're playing Montreal. They look at it. They should look at it as, hey, let's that puck drops. We're taking this game to them and we can turn this crowd on. We can we can use that lack of confidence against this team and just get on them right away. Hopefully they get frustrated. And then we just roll from there, which is a great problem to have because that means you're that good of a team and you're only focused on what you guys are doing, not who you're playing, maybe where you're playing, but not who you're playing or what type of game they play. Yeah, and 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 that's one of the many things that this team has taken to heart over the last year plus with, with Barry Trotz is that they care very little about what's going on on the other mm-hmm. side or who it is, even, you know, the... They just know that they're it's an opponent and it's two points and they've got to do what they've got to do because they've got very 
stark examples when you only lose five in regulation it's pretty those games stand out where the ones you're like yeah we really we didn't play very well here we had a long stretch here we didn't do what we needed to do we were we were soft on the puck or you know uh, these these you know whether they're video clips that they're being shown yeah that doesn't mean that every win that they've had was perfect i mean the last night's mm-hmm. game if against the better team might have had a different outcome but that's you know that's water under the bridge at this point you just yep. you go into each game and it's one more than the other guy and you get the two points and you worry about the 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 you know the the ins and outs of it and and the things you need to work on afterwards yeah and that's the beautiful part of being on the ice and part of the team is uh they're not worried about vegas yet yeah they know they're going to florida soon or they got to go to dallas but right now uh barry's got them just so focused on today it's their first shift it's the first period it's then we go from there then then we then we worry about vegas after we take care of business in montreal and that's uh it's it's common for for fans for media and everything to look ahead look at the schedule if players and teams are doing that then they're in trouble you can't look past anyone this day and age in the nhl who are you playing tonight what's your job to do in the first shift first face off Uh, if you get the puck on the wall as a winger you know you've got to break it down to that minute detail to where that's the only thing you're concerned with as soon as you look ahead in today's game you're in trouble yeah i i I don't imagine that anybody Anybody on the in the in the on the plane flying down to Tampa is thinking about exactly where they're going to dinner. Maybe they are, but I look ahead at the schedule to see. Oh yeah, that might be a nice place to go to have dinner. Probably on the plane. Maybe as if it's the next game. Yeah, not this far ahead. Yeah, like the exactly. rest of us do. Um, and there's not really any any milestones or anything coming up for any of these guys, but uh, but I think maybe we should start to highlight a little bit. Uh, you know, certainly watching last night, Matthew Barzal, who um, continues, you know, he's still leading the team in scoring 23 points through these 25 games, pretty much ahead of last year's pace. Um, you know, when you've got a star player like him who who needs to learn the ropes, I guess you could say, was was what last year was mostly about, learn how to be a more complete player. Um, that's hard to do in this day and age for, for star players. I think you look around the league at the, the kind of the heralded top picks, you look at Jersey with Jack Hughes and Nico Heashier, they're really, really struggling. The Rangers have been very up and down, even though their lineup is peppered with with high picks that are that are good young prospects. What what does it say to you as a kind of a more old school guy that um that Barzal is and and especially Anthony Bovillier who's taken a big step forward, their other kind of real, you know, regular top nine young guy, that these are two guys that have been the, the Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz, we're not going to rush anybody, even guys that are established NHL players. We're not going to put them in positions that they're not ready for. Or they don't think that they're ready for. And here they are, you know, a team that's that, you know, is a capital T team, maybe more so than anybody yeah. else in the league. But what does that say about that philosophy that that I think it gets a little derided these days around around the league or people who watch the league? It, it tells me their commitment to the team game and to learn to play the NHL style hockey. Uh, we all, you, you get to the NHL and early on, they kind of tell you like, oh, just play your game. You got here for a reason. You got here for a reason. And it doesn't take long to realize that uh, you don't learn how to play hockey until you get to the NHL. <laughs> we all think we have it mastered. We all think we know exactly how to play the game. And what we saw at a Barzell last year, that's that was the growing growing period uh dougie wait the first year you got to let him play you, you got here for a reason let it play let it play let it play well after that it's 
all right, now how do you win a Stanley Cup? How do you become the best player in the NHL you can be? And that's you've seen the commitment to their game, their complete game, and the confidence that they have in their complete game and Coach Trotz and the system and the players around them to now they're not even worried and they're not, they're, they're, their play away from the puck is, a, is, is, is even a second thought. It's just reaction now. And now we're seeing them become the NHL players moving forward that hopefully they will just continue to build on as players. Yeah, and I think mentioning we, we shouldn't leave Beauvillier out of that conversation because I think if we're that, talking about guys that have taken the yep. biggest step between last year and this year, he's probably at the head of the list right now with just, you know, he scored his ninth goal off of, you know, jack in the box right out of the penalty box, down on a breakaway with a bouncing puck. And, he, you know, he he's talked a lot about confidence. He's, you know, he's a bit more mature than his 22, 23 years old. Um, and and I think, you know, it's confidence for everybody, but I think for some yeah. of the, the more, uh, more self-aware young guys, I think they start to realize that if you can put yourself mentally in that, in that positive space every day, the results are just going to jump off the charts. And it's not just goals and assists. It's just the way you see him mm-hmm. forecheck. He's got that sticky forechecking ability where he's always got a stick in the right spot. He's disrupting plays. You know, he's always in motion. Um, there just seems to be a, a, a night and day quality to his his game so far this year. Yeah, they're not you, – you, you don't see them sitting there thinking about, am I in the right position? Right. Am I in the right position in the D zone? Are their, are their heads looking around? Are they, do they look panicked at all? They know they're in the right position, and with that confidence, being in the right position defensively, then they can go offensively. Like they're not, it's not even a, a thought process now. It's they know they're in the right spot. Now they're waiting for their bounce, waiting for that one opportunity to go on offense and go score at the other end. Yeah. And Bo, uh, he's a Montreal native. He's scored, I think, in the last uh, two of the last three games they've played up there in front of a ton of family and friends. So uh, look out for him tonight. He might be, uh, he might be extra pumped up. It's funny how that happens in hometown. <laughs> funny how that happens. Before we get to our last segment on the Islanders, I just want to talk to you about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Belmont and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Belmont to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Belmont for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Belmont. wrote a little bit about this uh, uh, the other day, um, you know, the the scare that uh, the Islanders got with Grice pulling himself out on Saturday. It sounded like, you know, he hadn't played in almost a week. Um, maybe he was coming off of a, a little bit of an illness Felt a little dizzy out there, maybe a little dehydrated. He stayed on the bench the whole rest of the time when Varlamov shut the door for the last 40-plus minutes. Um, and it sounds like all indications are he's going to play tonight in Montreal. And that's a good thing because the Islanders had their own bad injury bug, and they seem to be coming out of it now and looking a little bit healthier. I think Tom Kuhnockel is really the only the only 
roster regular who's uh, who's still out injured. But man, at Bridgeport, they are decimated, and they've actually won <laughs> four of their last five to get to a little bit more respectable stage. They're out of last place in their division, but the results are you know we always talk about this results at the AHL level aren't always the be all end all. They just look nice when we're looking them up, but um, <laughs> they are missing. The, essentially the organization's number three goalie, Christopher Gibson, who's listed as week-to-week, according to our uh, intrepid AHL reporter Mike Fornabio up in Bridgeport. Um, Linus Soderstrom, one of their goalie prospects, also been out for quite a while. He's more day-to-day now. Simon Holmstrom, their first-round pick this year, is day-to-day with uh, with an upper-body injury. Thomas Hickey, who's essentially uh, the number eight defenseman in the organization. They've really carried seven the whole year with the big club, and, and fortunately for them, not too many only one injury at a time, it seemed. Um, Hickey's been, I think this is his third injury of the season so far, and they're just in, a, in the 20s in terms of games played. Steve Bernier, another veteran who uh, is a guy that you always think in the back of your mind, well, he could serve well as a call-up if they really get decimated. He's been out for a while. Cole Bardro, who we talked about on the show and was up at the Islanders and had a great you know, NHL debut, a few games, first NHL goal and a penalty shot. He's been out pretty much since the minute he got sent back down. Tanner Fritz, who, uh, when we're talking about this fourth line that Jordan Eberle was with Otto Koivula and Leo Komarov, Koivula's not really made much of an impact in the games he's played. Uh, I would imagine, without knowing what's happening tonight, that Michael Dalcall will go back in and Koivula will come out, and they'll kind of figure out who's going to play center on that line, uh, and maybe it'll be more of a, you know kind of three lines and then spotting in some other guys. But uh, but that's a, you know Tanner Fritz was kind of the guy that they identified I think out of camp as maybe we'll bring him back at some point and be that fourth line center. He's been out pretty much I think he's only played four games this year. When you have so little a bit of a safety net really, um, you know like you keep your fingers crossed, you maybe burn some incense, whatever you need to do to keep the guys healthy at the big club. But um, you know that just that Grice moment I think was the most stark reminder that. This is a team that organizationally has been very thin, and uh, and you know how much of a worry is that when you're, you know, you've been on both ends of it. You've been in the AHL where you know you guys are itching for a call up, <laughs> oh. and you've been in the NHL when you've been banged up pretty badly on a on a thin organization. I mean, is it? It's obviously not something the players worry about, but is it? Is it in general a worry when you start to when the injuries can possibly start to pile up? Uh, absolutely, within the organization, yes, and uh, at the same time. Everybody goes through it. It's it's one of those things that yes, there's there's maybe certain times or certain teams that go through more of an extreme than others, but that's just something you have to deal with. Uh, you know, at the NHL level, yeah, it was a concern. You were always worried because you know you want to have your best lineup out there. You want to win every game. So if you don't have your top lineup out there, you, you feel like you might be at a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, and then at the end of my career, when I was playing in the American League with Kevin Anine and uh, Kirk Kleinendorf, whether Portland or Binghamton or wherever it might have been, or Bridgeport. Um, it was, it, 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 man, it amazed me, those coaches, the way that, the way they'd have to piece together a lineup at times where all of a sudden the NHL team calls up two, three guys and Kevin Anine's turning to me. He's like, so do you know any centermen? 
<laughs> around that we could maybe get in for a couple of games. You know, you, you realize the difficult position and the situation that those American League teams and coaches are in. And when they can succeed in that situation, it was mind-blowing to me. It, the, I, I never realized, uh, as luckily as lucky as I was to be a silver spooner and kind of come right in the NHL, I never saw that world until after I was done. And I think it made me appreciate it even more as opposed to I wasn't one of the young guys getting called up. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I wasn't excited to go to the NHL. I was like, wait a minute. Are we going to have two lines tonight for our game here? I'm, I'm an old guy. I don't think I can last that many minutes in a game. And, and to see how that worked and to watch the coaches and general managers uh, sift through that in the American League was amazing to me. That being said, yeah, it's, it's, uh, everybody goes through it in the American League, or excuse me, in the NHL. You've got to deal with it, but hey, it, it, you can't sit there and say that it doesn't affect you when you, when you lose your starting goaltender. That's like losing a starting, starting quarterback in the NFL. You can't yeah. say that that's not going to affect the game. It's going to, but you have to, as a team, take on the same mindset and go out there and do that job and do your best to win that game tonight and have the belief. Cause if you don't have the belief in winning that game, well, it doesn't matter who's between the pipes. And I think, you know, looking at these last two games, which have essentially both been Varlamov's games. And even though he didn't, they, they still have alternated starts and, and we're going to go yeah. into game 26 with them alternating starts. You know, I think Varlamov kind of hit the reset button with that jumping right off the bench. And, and he's, you know, he, he's a, he's a candid guy. He's one of these guys, who, you know, English is a second language. And the benefit for us as reporters yeah. is that sometimes they say what they mean a little too much. They don't. They don't know the good euphemisms and cliches yep. to kind of cloud what their real meaning is. So, you know, I asked him after that game against Columbus. You know, were you were you ready? He's like, he's like, was I ready? No, I wasn't ready. I mean, you know, you can never be ready. You know, there's no way to expect that. And when they when the crowd had kind of drifted, I asked him if he'd ever been in a situation like that, and he remembered a game in Colorado where uh, Jonathan Bernier got hurt, maybe in the last half of the third period. And he came in and maybe faced two shots, and that was fine. And he said, 10 minutes versus 45 minutes. He's like, that's a big deal. And I was like, yeah, you know, uh -huh. and he, but, he, but he did admit, you know, you don't have time to think. And all of a sudden, where you're thinking about the game, the start, the whole day, the before, maybe in a couple days before, if, if the other guy's going, say, out in California, where, you know, Varlamov had a few days to sit after that game in San Jose that he played really well, and they still lost. They play in Anaheim a couple days later. Then two days later, he's got the start in L.A., you're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and you know he gives up a couple softies there, and here he's he's thinking like, all right, I've got a few days to reset. Thanksgiving comes and goes. I'm going to sit on the bench for this game. Uh, I think he told Shannon Hogan from MSG that he was the only thing he was thinking about was maybe getting some popcorn at the first intermission. Um, <laughs> so again, very candid. And here he is with you know five minutes left in the first period coming in, and nobody knows what's happening. It's really quiet in the building all of a sudden uh, with a lead, and he's faced a couple shots right away. And um, you know he just you you do those things without thinking. And I think that that ability to reset, you know, it's I think they got the best of both worlds. They've got a they've still got a healthy Grice, so they can continue to alternate. But also one of their guys, in case he needed to, to kind of take the ball and run with it, was suddenly you know, locked in for that game and very locked in for the game in Detroit, which, you know, the way that they've been alternating, I was doing a, a radio interview in Montreal and I kind of just joked like, well, maybe when they get to the playoffs, they'll buck the trend and they'll just alternate games. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> it's the way long ways down the road. But when you have that, I think we've talked about it a little bit, when you have that su supreme 
same confidence in the in both goalies. It's very rare. Even when you look at the very. the modern, you know, 2019-20 tandems are really all the rage. I mean, even the best team in the league, Boston, is is kind of a 60-40 tandem with Tuka Rask and Yara Halak, but that's the point. It's 60-40. Everybody knows that when push comes to shove, Tuka is going to be the guy and Halak is going to yep. be the backup. Yep. Here, I, nobody knows. I mean, I you know, I I I wonder what the mentality is and, and whether anybody, you know, I think it's just one of those peculiar things. Nobody's really worried about what's going to happen down the road, but it's certainly something to note and, and very in- interesting to see considering where they sit in the standings. It, it is. And it's, it's rare. Uh, I, I can only think of once uh, really uh, whenever, when I played out here in Minnesota with uh, Manny Fernandez and Nicholas Backstrom mm-hmm. and they just, they, they played every other and, uh, the one good thing uh, about it is, uh, as a team, you just you 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 get used to that. So you're 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 playing the same game regardless of what goalies in net. You don't. This isn't our starter. This isn't our backup. That's just our goalie. So you get used to that. Uh, eventually, Nicholas Backstrom ended up, you know, going on and, and winning the the primary role, the, the you know, the number one goalie role. Uh, but that being said, as a team, uh, it's it it can be a good teaching platform. It can it can help the team out as opposed to like, well, we gotta we really gotta buckle down in our D zones. We got the backup tonight. No, you you kind of go in with that same mentality. And then uh, that being said, I, I don't you know whether I agree with it or whether I don't it worked out well for us that year uh i i I think that as on a i think goalies maybe would ask you a little they'd have a little different uh answer a little different response to it because you know they're battling which you know which one am i which one am i uh you know where's my mental uh you know what am i preparing for and i think uh that's the one thing that you see when with goalies uh uh, when Varlamov got to come in, uh, when you do have a couple games, when you when you do know you're starting the game and you're starting to focus, you're starting to think about, well, you're also starting to put pressure on yourself. And the pressure we put on ourselves as professional athletes is, is way more than the media, way more than the team, way more than anyone else. We expect perfection. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are. So you you tend to put more pressure on yourself the more type time you have to focus so when all of a sudden you you know you get a tap on the shoulder from the bench like hey you're in uh hang on let me finish my popcorn here <laughs> and uh you know you're kind of going out there kind of free-spirited free well like all right well let's just see what happens and you just kind of get into the game and you play like you're like you're a kid again and it's amazing how many times that works out well yeah yeah it's interesting to hear that about you know over a decade ago Jacques Lemaire who you know, has helped write the book on, on coaching and, and can Absolutely. come up with some different ideas that it didn't really catch on then. I mean, it was still that still the, you know, having a one, one, a situation never really, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, it, it was portrayed as desperation. It was portrayed as we don't have a true number. We don't have a guy good enough to be a number one. So we got to just sort of wing it here uh, and come up with this new paradigm as opposed to thinking, Maybe this is the way to go without putting that much pressure and strain playing a guy 60, 65, 70, 75, if your name is Marty Brodeur. Um, <laughs> and he was a freak of nature. But I think that, yes, you know, to, to go that, to, to to kind of follow that lead and say we've got anybody can do that. It, I think if you dig back a little bit and see teams that went deep in the playoffs on the backs of guys playing 60 or 65 and it's I think it's you know it's clear that it wasn't it wasn't ideal that's why it started to swing back in the Mm -hmm. other direction that people are finally starting to say hey this is this isn't good for anybody's 
you know, uh, physical or mental, uh, you know, efficiency throughout a whole season. If yeah. you think they can, you can tack on a couple months worth of high pressure games on top of all the usual ones. It's, um, it's, it's strange that it's taken this long to catch on that. This is, yeah. this is maybe not only a better way to keep your goalies fresh, but also a, a cheaper way against the salary cap where you're not anointing a guy like a carry price as your $10 million goalie. Because if you're having yep. a stretch like carry price is having right now, you're pretty much out of <laughs> options because you got to keep them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Especially when you look at, uh, we won the Jennings that year. That's true. I mean, uh, you know, and look at the Islanders last year. I think <laughs> right? people, people think about Robin Leonard being the Vezina finalist and, and the details will fade over time. And it's only last year. It, the split was for starts was 43, 39 between him and Grice. That's yeah. That's two away from fifty fifty, and one guy, and and if you look at the numbers, they weren't that different. It was very very much mm-hmm. a shared responsibility, and I think the interesting part, just to finish the thought about going forward towards the playoffs, you've got Varlamov, who's the free agent they brought in, four years four year deal, five million per. He's the guy that's getting paid like a more of like a number one. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Grice is going to be a free agent at the end of this year, so you know there's certainly there's. It, Clearly, when we look at the goalie situation in the organization right now, it looks messy because so many guys are hurt. But you know, Christopher Gibson's twenty-seven. This is, I think, his fifth year in the organization. I don't think they feel like he's going to be a, an NHL goalie. Um, Jakob Skarik, who was a draft pick in two thousand eighteen, is still just turned twenty. Um, this is first year in North America. Soderstrom, same thing, first year in North America. Not guys that are ready to take that are ready to take the leap. They've got Ilya Sorokin over in the KHL who mm-hmm. wants to come over. That's going to be an interesting situation. But do you do that without any safety net? You know, Grice is going to be 34. I can't imagine he's waiting around for someone to offer him a five-year deal to be their number one goalie if he gets the free agency. So they've got a lot of decisions to make. And whether those things play into who starts game one of the playoffs, whether your guy that you know is going to be here next year versus the guy that may or may not be here next year it's uh and knowing the psyche of the people who play this position it's going to be no matter where they sit in the standings and no matter who's playing well when we get to game 82 it's going to be an interesting decision oh absolutely the one thing i've learned is uh i don't second guess lou or barry anymore (laughs) so i'm glad i let them make the decision i don't have to i think with goalies we also we also have to throw in mitch corn and piero greco who, who probably uh, there may be some performance bonuses due to them for uh, if they can pull out a, a back-to-back Jennings Trophy with a with one different goalie. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's been done too much before in the NHL, but uh, that'd be an interesting one to pull off. That'd be they, and they've earned it. They they're pretty incredible. Their tandem. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we talk about the coaching all the time. Coaching it plays a big part. These guys, uh, you know, to have Varlamov, a guy who's thirty one, this is I think his tenth or eleventh year in the NHL to be able to make the kind of adjustments that he's made in his game and they're starting to pay off. Very impressive all around. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. Thank you, my friend, as always. and uh, Absolutely, thank you. Thanks for everyone that listens. Uh, maybe give us a little five-star review over there on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get to listen to No Sleep Till Belmont, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks.